You know, you're right. We haven't done this in a while. We're we, rusty. We we just we talk just riff. and then we figure out what we're talking about yeah. later. Yeah. Unscripted. Beyond the Bulletin Unscripted. <laughs> That's the title. Hey everyone. Hey, it's Beyond the Bulletin. Do 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 do. Podcast. <laughs> we are so excited to be back. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been so long. I don't know why we took a break for long periods of time from the podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, we had a lot going on. You had a lot going on. You traveled during the summer. Yeah. Well, I think like we did one or no, we didn't. We we haven't really <laughs> recorded since like before Holy Week 2019. We did no. release one after. Yeah. But that was pre-recorded. I think the last one was an August one that we did. We did. We tried to jump back on the boat. Then we immediately fell off the boat. Someone recorded it, posted it on YouTube. And now people are laughing at our expense. But we're back now, baby. We're the ones laughing. <laughs> Just like the Joker in a movie theater near you. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, my gosh. Is it's it good? Dumb. Can you morally recommend it? Uh, uh, yes. No. <laughs> yes, he said with an asterisk. I loved it. I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. Really? I loved it. Okay. I loved that movie. It's demented. I, can't, I don't it's have dark. anyone to go see it with me. I'll take you. Okay. Is it still out? Uh, Frozen 2 might kick it out. So oh. that, that's coming in a week. So we might uh, have to address these issues. Perfect. All right. Sooner rather than later. Yeah, my wife does, has zero desire to go see that with me. Oh, man, me and your wife are so different. I know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> me and your wife are identical. Yeah. Identical. Say no, it. No, Say it. I won't. Yeah, so what have you been up to in the in the loo? What do we got? Anything um, big going on at St. Anthony of Padua Roman Catholic Church? Big going on at St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church. I I mean, gosh, there's always so much going on. Well, um, I presented the annual report last month and, you know, that got rave reviews. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I don't think anyone listened. Um, I didn't, I was out well, of town, you know, I got to do it though. mandatory. have to do it by, uh, policy of the archdiocese. The archdiocese requires it might, parish. Th- it might, is it, it, would that be a canon law thing or just canon law policy? requires a financial committee made up of yeah. persons to inter, uh, interface with the priest, which we have. Yeah. That's our finance council. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So the rest is archdiocesan policy. Okay. So our, and most, most dioceses in the U.S., I would guess, have this policy, but uh, we have to report our annual report every year by, um, by September, by the end of September. So it has to be posted somewhere, which guess what? Guess what day I posted it? The last day of September. <laughs> the last day of September. Let me think. Let me do the rhyme. 30 <laughs> days has September. September 30th. Which is not because we didn't have it ready, but we were trying to, Father Tom was out of town. Mm-hmm. And so we had to push him. The, Stretch. Yeah. Stretch. Yeah. So we had, to, we had to wait until October to present it from the pulpit. And so I, because of that, I just forgot to put it online. And then it was literally the day I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be made public by this day. So question for you. Yeah. When you stand up at church in the pulpit, because you've given presentations, uh-huh. you've given talks to th- groups of thousands. Yes. When you stand up at church uh-huh. to present on finances, are you nervous? Um, I not as much anymore. Um, because I try, I, I've realized that the average parishioner wants the high level details the financial parishioners want to look at a spreadsheet anyways and so they're going to do that after mass highlight you said high level detail you mean highlights 
The average yes, person yes, wants yes, the I'm highlights. Sorry. The highlights of the year. The nerds. Yeah. The fine, the money nerds yeah. want the beats. And they're not nerds. They are ne- well, they are nerds, but they're necessary. <laughs> um, and and I greatly value them. You think I was using nerds in a pejorative <laughs> way. I embrace that. Time. Yeah, like my first year here, we had a lot going on in our finance department in just terms of like turnover. Mm. And so I remember that year we, we kind of messed up the annual report numbers-wise. It wasn't that anything was like being done fiscally irresponsible. It was just the numbers weren't crunched properly. And so we had to go back and like reissue it after we did the numbers because parishioners were like, hey, this doesn't add up. And we were like, yeah, you're right. Oops. Um, (laughs) I really don't stress out about that as much anymore because of our awesome CPA, Miss Deborah Weideman. Yeah. Um, Deborah is just- We stole her from the diocese. Yeah. Yeah. She left the diocese to come work for us, which is awesome. So- um, so yeah, I don't stress out about it as much because I feel confident knowing, um, that, that we have Deborah kind of crunching the numbers and yeah. the finance council overlooking it. So if ever I have met a person who could be called a spreadsheet ninja, it is, it is Deborah. Deborah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Well, so when I was the life team youth minister here back in the ancient of days, and even still, when I get up in front of masses to do an announcement, I am more anxious speaking to my home parish right before a mass than I am ever speaking in front of crowds of six, oh, eight, yeah, 10,000. I, I could agree with that. I guess because I don't, I'm not doing as many speaking engagements as I used to. So to me, it's kind of fun to like get back into it. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, especially being on staff here, there's a little bit more of a fear of like, oh crap, like if I mess this up, <laughs> I'm going to have a million emails, you know, and all that sort of but stuff. But it's a financial record. You're going to have millions of emails <laughs> yeah, anyway. Which I think is why <laughs> the pressure's taken off anyway. Yeah. So um so yeah so it was good um what's your favorite highlight of this past year of this past fiscal presentation um i think seeing how much the food pantry is growing i know see here's the thing i know we talk about that ministry a lot but that's where parishioners are really devoting a lot of time and knowing Hmm. kind of some of the ideas that are being thrown out there for the future of the food, food pantry we've been tossing around this idea well Okay, so first of all, highlights are of like the the second half of the last fiscal year was just how many people we served, and now we actually are, are having more like breakdown of, on actual demographics. So the fact that we know now that we're actually serving families that have escaped Venezuela, like wow. at our food pantry, like that's just that's incredible. Or that we served in six months, we served like over three hundred U.S. veterans through the food pantry. That that's when you start to like. It, it becomes more than just numbers. It becomes like souls wow. and lives yeah. being impacted. And that stuff, I, I love that. There's a, just so many great stories to tell there. Um, but I'm also excited about the future growth because we've been talking now since, since I got here a few years ago, we've been talking about implementing mobile loaves and fishes, um, which is a great ministry out of Austin. Started at the parish I used to be at. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, and, and that one's just grown so big that, um, it was, I think it was on CNN earlier this year, CBS news. Um, and the idea there is that you have like a food truck and you take, food out to the people instead of having them come to your parish. Um, You go to the people, which is very gospel-centered. And kind of reminds me of homeless ministry in college when we were up at Franciscan going into Pittsburgh. Going into Pittsburgh and doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Taking meals right to the people. Absolutely. That was like my favorite favorite ministry in college. So now we're looking at how do we do that here? And uh, in fact, uh, Deacon Mike Mort and, and Franklin have been filling us in that we've been talking about this now for two years of doing it like the Austin model. But the Montgomery County Food Bank is actually asking us to partner and kind of switch it up a little bit. And mm. instead of like cooking soup, cooking soup, to, can you cook soup? Yeah. You cook okay. Soup. All right. You don't cook cool. it. 
Oh, that's fair. All right. So cooking soup. You know, it is Texas. Uh, Deep frying soup. De- <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or like cooking hot dogs or whatever and then taking out like hot meals to people. Mm. Actually taking the AB bag method that we have at our food pantry. And it's like delivering groceries to people on wheels. Oh, wow. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So that, we're like a pantry instead of we're a, a food truck. Yeah, we're going to become a mobile pantry for those that can't make it wow. to our campus, which I am just so pumped about. And I got a story for that. Yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, two Indian women, elderly, uh, definitely um, on the struggle bus financially and all that stuff, someone dropped them off at our parish because the food pantry was open. And wow. I was running to a meeting that I was already late for. Shout out to Cornerstone. I did their retreat for them last Wednesday. And I'm running to this uh, thing because, of course, I have to get my coffee and now I'm late. And I see these two women and they're like, excuse me, excuse me, very broken English. Where is the food pantry? And then so I take them out to the map right by the front door and I show them. The- <laughs> head head towards California then make a left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I show them that it's all the way at the far end of the thing. And they look at me and they're like what i said well how did you get here and they said because i'm thinking they have a car around back and they said oh someone just dropped us off so it wasn't a parishioner it was someone that they these women are so desperate for food yeah that they maybe are i think they were in a, an apartment complex and they said can you and they just asked someone if they would drop them off so they just pulled into saint anthony's and dropped them off in the back of the church by our chapel and then they walked to the front of the church over by Little Saints, and then that's when I saw them. So I was like, no, 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 the chapel's over there, or the food pantry's over there, but you have to walk over there and get it. I mean, I'd be happy to drive you, but I'm late for this meeting. Like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll walk, we'll walk. So I showed them where it was and all this stuff, and they head out. But to think that... Good thing we just added some new signage halfway (laughs) through campus so they can find it. But just to think about these women who essentially hitchhiked to our church, and they're elderly, Mm -hmm. in order to get food, we could now take food to them. Yes. That is powerful, my friend. And because of our partnership with the Montgomery County Food Bank, which is... Yeah, very strong. We'll be able to actually identify through them the, mo- the the neighborhoods most in need in our county. I love it. I love it. Yeah, people, this is mission. This yeah. is mission. This is feeding and clothing and giving drink to the thirsty. Christ says, if you give a drink to one of these little one, one of these little children who asks of you, you will have your reward in heaven. And I think so often we confuse charity, which is the direct giving of my surp- of of what's owed to me to you, right? So justice is, I give you what's your due. Charity is, I give from what's my due to you out of generosity. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of that in Christianity is that I'm in contact with you, the person who needs it, right? So the rich and the poor, rich, you know, and poor quotation marks, they're, they're in contact with each other. There's a communion that's there. One of the reasons why the Catholic Church in her social teachings condemns communism is because of class warfare. It says, we can actually have solidarity between rich and poor. In fact, that's what the early church was, if you read the Acts of the Apostles. And then, but so often now, charity becomes a um, an anonymous giving thing. Like, I give or I donate to this thing, but I'm not, I don't see the poor, I'm not with the poor, I don't get my hands dirty in their lives. And doing things like this, doing things like the St. Vincent de Paul Society that goes to their apartments, that goes to their houses, that is 
directly being Christ's hands and feet in an amazing way. And yeah. uh, last Lent, we had two priests from the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, the CFRs, come, and they said, you know, Father Benedict Rochelle and Father Andrew Apostoli, they left the Capuchins, and they were inspired by Mother Teresa. And they said, the Franciscans, even though we take a vow of poverty and we serve the poor, we build amazing institutions that serve the poor, but we're in a, in a back office somewhere balancing books right he said the thing the the cfr's charism is we must always have hand-to-hand contact with the poor we have to be with them we serve them we feed them we eat dinner with them and that's what i love about our food pantry people come to us or we go to them and we're directly serving their needs yeah and i think that's why we're now evolving into this making our food pantry more mobile idea which i'm I'm so pumped about and and it seems to be kind of the spirit of things if people are really getting motivated um, on staff and amongst parishioners of really, um, n- not that we've never not been focused on outreach. We've always been a very yeah. outreach focused parish, but really getting more serious about um, making, offering opportunities for it. So like Karen Felicidario, our confirmation coordinator, oh, yeah. she just launched this Agape project that's going to be before Thanksgiving for any family to come participate. She filled up all the spots for that and like an hour or yeah. something crazy like that. And this that. is a big demand. I've had uh, some people actually criticize our parish because we don't have enough family service projects because our pantry is a high-end food pantry, right? right. freezer units, refrigeration units. And so there's, a, there's like a, a mandatory minimum age. And so some people are like, well, come on, I can't bring my kids. And that's been an issue. So it relies on us as parishioners to come up creatively yeah. with ways to solve real problems that exist you are not oh parishioner listening to this your service is not what we call neck down right just physical labor and that's it go go drive around our communities go and look for people who are in need and then solve those needs like and and partner with us at the parish so you have karen doing that we have the um Uh, the box of joy yeah the box is i was gonna say care of joy no that's a box of joy yeah the box of joy which um is organized through um, Christine Marlowe and the Elementary Faith Formation Department. Um, you, you fill these, and these packages are going directly to people. Little kids around the world are going to open up these boxes, and it's going to be filled with presents on Christmas Day. Yeah, like all this stuff. That is that is amazing. And my kids went with my wife and filled up. That my wife yeah. bought, uh, got a boy box and a girl box, and they went and filled it up. Our kids need to see self-sacrificial generosity. Absolutely. So that was that kind of impact. Something that impacted me last year was the Thanksgiving project, mm-hmm. um, which we're doing again this year. Again, and again. and last year, the Thanksgiving project, which is where we hand out like a, a Home Depot box with a list of items for family to fill. And then yeah. they provide a meal for Thanksgiving for someone. And last year, um, I think we we pre- we prepared like 500 boxes or something like that. Yeah. And then the day of, the people coming to uh, receive a meal for Thanksgiving was so long. I'll never forget this. Barbara Beale and I had to grab my truck and basically we went to every Kroger in the oh, area. That's right. I forgot with the food pantry credit card. And we had to buy out as many turkeys as they had. Cause we ended up, uh, giving away, I think 900 meals and we only had wow. 500 prepared. So we had to on the fly come up with these meals. Cause there was a line going down Bay branch. So this year we're more prepared. We have a more comprehensive shopping list as well for the boxes so that it's more, yeah. it's a more full Thanksgiving meal. That's the other thing they were talking about. It feeds a family of four, but maybe not a family of five. Yeah. And so we added more and my wife is filling our box yesterday and she looks at the cans and looks at the box and is like, 
this is gonna be a tight fit and it was but yeah it's more more stuff for the people it's awesome. yeah and so i think we gave out um i think we've given out over 1300 boxes this year um so they haven't all come back in this this upcoming weekend is the big collection but i think close to 400 have already come back in um so even we haven't even wow. had collection weekend yet but we've already almost hit what we collected last That's year wild that is so, wild. thank you parishioners how awesome is that yeah it's it's incredible so i mean so all of those things we've got the christmas project you know i don't know how this became an outreach podcast yeah but hey it's good i love it yeah i mean it's it's exciting time. It's a time to be thankful. Um, so, uh, so good things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I love it because, um, it is so easy in the woodlands to hide or separate ourselves from people who are less fortunate. I mean, mm -hmm. you bear the only place you see panhandlers is on 45 at those intersections. They're not walking around the woodlands, downtown areas. Like, in fact, the Houston Chronicle did a whole thing the uh, on the woodlands and said it's a it's its own downtown without homeless where are the homeless people and they're gone yeah <laughs> they're gone mysteriously gone yeah um but the idea is as catholics no matter how affluent our society we must always have the poor with us right we must always have the poor with us and the grounding that that brings as jp2 said no man is so rich that he has nothing to receive nor so poor that he has nothing to give and the amazing thing that we see is these people who have received tremendous benefits from our community come back and help serve. Barb was telling us a story, Barbara Beale, our uh, director of parish administration, she came and told us about meeting a woman who received the Thanksgiving meal last year and is helping in collections and distribution this year because it blessed her family at a crisis time oh yeah there's I mean, so how, many stories like that how beautiful is that yeah. these aren't people just you know taken and just oh, i don't want to buy these are not handouts these are this is it's not a handout it's a hand up huh yeah uh, that, was from some, there. that was some like catholic charities in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that and then well while we're on outreach and then maybe yeah. we can jump to something else no let's, let's do an outreach let's podcast. just let's just keep going with it so yeah. honduras mission they had the mission in september yeah um and coolest thing that they've been doing is as that mission has grown there's been a need for secondary education because the kids just keep graduating yeah. grade up yeah so. so i went to the honduras mission with deacon mike mims yeah we flew out there and you climb this mountain no missionaries go there from the Protestant world because it's up in the mountains, super inconvenient. And you yeah, go up this you're on the edge of the world down there. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not in Tegucigalpa or any of those places. It yeah. is. And you go up there and there's the UN built this huge two classroom, or not huge, but this two classroom building. And it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So what did we do on the back of the church that we built? We put flushing toilets. Yeah. The only flushing toilets they have in the whole community put up different parts now they have we've improved their sanitation tenfold okay but then now let's talk about what you were going to say they have no secondary education they have no secondary education until now that was a big push um there was a donor that came forward in the last year that said if saint anthony's can raise like i think it was like eighty thousand dollars in addition to what they normally raise for their mission i'll match that eighty thousand wow and they reached it the missionaries did it. They reached wow. the goal through a lot of different fundraising. And so now they're starting to add secondary education. But here's a really cool thing that they added this year was one of the missionaries uh, raised, or maybe it was a group of them, raised um, enough money to bring a mobile, uh, oh gosh, 
Oh uh, no, the mobile um, ultrasound ultrasound machine. machine. Thank a you. A portable was, ultrasound, yeah, and it, it's basically like it's the size of an iPhone screen, basically. And uh, but they can do you know they can do this. Well, the women in these villages that were pregnant heard about it for miles, and I think they said that they ended up seeing like sixty pregnant women and providing ultrasounds um, that they wouldn't have had otherwise because they can't afford it because it's too far to get to yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and you had people with internal injuries or suspected internal injuries. Yeah, and Deacon Mort related to us that um, you would have people who were coming that their doctors would say you need an ultrasound. Well, they have nowhere to get an ultrasound. Right. So they came. There was a line around the block. They come. They get this ultrasound. And they would talk about, Deacon Mort would share with us, the massive relief people would feel. Right. When they found out there was nothing internally wrong. Like, the, the, you know, things were good. The baby was healthy. The, the knee was didn't have scar tissue. Whatever it might have been. Like, and this is something that we have done because the church is universal. Because the Hondurans on a mountain, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, near Trujillo... They are our neighbor, and we're being neighbor to yeah. them. I love that. Yeah, I went on that mission 10 years ago or maybe 12 years ago now before. With Franciscan. With Franciscan nice. before St. Anthony's took over a portion of it. And it was oh, you're so, such a hipster. Before it was popular. Uh, I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, no, it was popular in college, but it was just so, man, we, we were college students. We, we, yeah. we weren't. I mean, we, we, we were having an impact, but not the impact that St. Anthony of Padua is having yeah. where it's like truly changing lives for a long time. I mean, it's incredible to see the progress that's been made down there. And then I think really quick, when it comes to that ultrasound thing, got to give a shout out to Dr. Giannotti, oh, Marco yeah. Giannotti, one of our uh, awesome parishioners. He's a 7 a.m. or on Sundays usually. Um, and uh, he actually delivered my second and third child. Um, nice. So very nice to to have him in the parish and to be so supportive of that part of the mission. And his goal, he's already told me, he you know his focus for the mission next year is getting a second ultrasound machine, uh, portable one like that, uh, because of the great need for it and kind of expanding that part of the mission. So if anyone would like to donate five thousand dollars to the Honduras mission specifically for that, I'm sure they would uh, they That's would love awesome. that donation for next year and you so. think more about outreach me and you went on the colby prison ministry yeah right the we go to prisons and we do this routine now, i only go to one prison the ferguson unit maximum security gladiator unit it's intense there's only two gladiator units in texas they just had to expand their administrative segregation block which is essentially what we know as solitary confinement one of our own parishioners jerry um he is in charge of all the prisons for our archdiocese north of I-10. And um, we do these Colby prison retreats. And we are bringing the hope of the gospel in the some of the darkest places and or men in the darkest place of their own lives. They've just been sentenced to 20, 30, 40 or consecutive life sentences and stuff like that. And we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. Crazy thing is my, uh, the first Colby at Ferguson and the second Colby, which Colby 2 was my first one. And then Colby three was your first one. Yeah. Um, they had mostly what we call G ones and G twos. Those are uh, offenders in the system, but who haven't really committed super violent crimes or they haven't committed crimes that have no active cases against them currently while they're in prison. But then once you go up that number, once you go to G three, mm -hmm. you're dealing with hardcore criminals, people who are participating in riots and stuff like that. G4s is sort of like solitary. G5s is solitary. And these are solitary more or less for life. There are people who are in solitary confinement for like 30 years. So Jerry just told me last week 
that the next Colby that we're going to do, the next prison retreat that we're going to do in January 16th, 17th, and 18th, we are going to have almost exclusively G3s. Mm. The last time we had G3s, Jerry walked up to me, and we didn't know we had G3s. There was still a handful of G1s and G2s, but they were mostly G3s. Jerry comes up to me and he goes, holy moly. And I was like, what? And he goes, only five people have shared their story, and I'm already up to 10 murders. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, I'll never forget doing the Colby retreat and sitting down with my small group, and the guy, the first guy that opens his mouth, he just goes, so you want to know how many people we've killed? I'm like, nope. And nope. Sure don't. Is that number going to increase Next today? Next question. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> my mom asked, how many guards are in there when you guys do your retreat? And I said, one. one. And she sits in the back. My mom goes, what? She? <laughs> <laughs> now they have uh, a well, lot more cards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's 2019. I was gonna say, and that she yeah. could probably take out all of us. So uh God bless her. God yeah. bless her. But we're doing this. This is the power, this is the dynamism of the gospel. And I don't want y'all out there in our parish losing sight of the fact that when a bunch of people dedicated to the mission of Christ, dedicated to serving and loving Christ, especially in the least, especially in our brothers and sisters, that our society has cast off, this is where the gospel comes alive. And I remind people all the time when I'm teaching them how to evangelize, which for many people it involves, you know, the four spiritual laws and the kerygma and all these fancy words. The idea at the end of the day is you are communicating God's love to people. Yeah. And for those of you who are scared of the idea of going to a maximum security prison, People ask me, they say, you know, like, how did you do it? Because my story is I was terrified to do it. Yeah. Um, I tell them, I, I've, after doing 15 years of ministry, I have never in my entire life, and my voice cracks, so you know it's true, I've never in my <laughs> entire <laughs> never in my entire life seen grace work so clearly. Like, oh, you, yeah. you would, watched yeah. conversions happen, table table i I see a muslim man stand yeah i I want to second that like i've been in ministry a long time and i've never i I told someone after i came off that retreat weekend i was like i've never been on a more incredible retreat than a colby prison ministry retreat there's nothing like it in the world nothing Nothing. like in the world which is why every time we offer our parish serves think about this six different men's prisons you might ask why not women's prisons because there aren't as many women's prisons wonder why and um the women's prisons that would come close to our area we just don't have a team of women from our church that have gone to it so what you do is you it's just like well, most of the women's prisons in texas like the the, the major ones are out near waco anyways, yeah yeah right? they're up north dallas yeah. the waco area so you know there's like for every every 10 men's prisons there's like one women's or maybe even more than that but so you start to think about this right we are serving six prisons now what do i mean by that we don't just put on a retreat twice a year we put on a retreat twice a year and then we commit to having people go there every single week and that is powerful so we have um you know jerry doing administrative segregation stuff we got scott broussard serving the g4s we have um, men like Dave Val Civic, um, Mitch Vicnair, Deacon Tom Vicnair's son. Um, oh, I know I'm missing so Mike Kimball. We have these group of guys, I'm missing a couple more, um, who go up there, Deacon Rick uh, Vogel, who go up there weekly and do either RCIA or our Colby Catholic lay-in, which yeah. is on Mondays from 1 to 3. And uh, it's beautiful, doing communion service with them, all that stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. And the other cool thing, too, I think is, um, you know, the the Colby Men's Ministry, they just raised uh, $20,000 a couple months ago um, to buy a trailer. 
um, which is cool. It, and what they're doing is now they're outfitting this trailer to be able to more easily go and, and do these, uh, minis- yeah. you know, these, these, um, retreats around the different units, not just Ferguson. So from my marketing perspective, I'm really excited because they asked me to work with uh, Fast Signs to come up with some decals for the side. <laughs> and so we're going to use that Colby logo and it's going to say Colby Prison Ministry. And I cannot wait to see that thing going up and down 45 because what a witness to see Colby Prison Ministry, St. Anthony of Padua. This is so serious to us. We have yeah. our own vehicle for it. Yeah. Um, kind of like our food pantry. And, and that's where I think, you know, truly... It, yes, we're serving. There's conversion happening at those tables with the with the prisoners, um, but there's a lot of conversion happening with the men in our parish that are absolutely. And that's why I was gonna. I meant to say this. We do six retreats, six prisons twice a year, plus additional stuff that we do, like our glorify weekends and stuff. But those retreats fill up super fast. Yeah, the men from here that go participate on those retreats, they fill up quickly, mm-hmm. and so our Colby Prison Retreat that's going in um, January. It's already full. It's already full. They put out a word. Basically, in one weekend, it fills up. And you're like, it, it's just incredible. So um, I do want to remind us all that we will stand before Christ in judgment. And he will separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep, he will say, well done. Because when you saw me in the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the imprisoned, the sick, you came and you served me. When did we do it for you, O Lord? When you did it to my least brothers, Right. And then you got the goats, the Stephen Lenahan's of the world. Whoa. <laughs> if by goat, you mean greatest of all time. Yes, I do. Yes. I do. And then next to the greatest of all time, you have <laughs> the other goats. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not the Nick Saban type goats. Right. The, uh, the, the not good goats, the biblical goats. The biblical. <laughs> then you got the biblical goats. And the reason why they are cast off from God forever is because they didn't serve Christ in the least. Lord, when did we not? When did we see you hungry and not feed you when you didn't to me, didn't do it to me in the least, right? So our call here is not so often it's like indulge, 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 consume, 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 and then oh, I here's come these. I come to mass once a week to get my Jesus, and that should be enough. Yeah, and and to throw yeah. a few bucks in the collection plate, like. Hopefully more than a few, but I digress. Go on. Development. <laughs> Contributing to the parish is good. Serving is better absolutely and both are transformative because it's about your priorities tithing is about a priority of what your money says about you but where you give your time where you're investing like that is kingdom work you want to get rid of selfishness you think your kids are becoming entitled brats go to a food pantry as a family you think parents around here think that Mm, yes (laughs) if you've every parent at one time looks at their kid and says you are so ungrateful for all the things you have. Yes. I just mean like the training. I've thought it about my own. <laughs> <laughs> Your oldest is what, four or five? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the reality is if our kids aren't exposed to profound lack, they think what they have and they is normal and they take it for granted. Right. And so doing acts of service is a game changer for anyone in any community, Let you know, not just the Woodlands. But the idea is that we have these opportunities to go and you go and do it and you model it for your kids. It's amazing. It's amazing. So this has been our outreach edition. It's been our unscripted Thanksgiving special. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Reminding everyone you will go to hell if you don't serve Christ in the least. 
And if you really want a great Thanksgiving experience where you don't have to talk to your creepy uncle or your weird cousin or whatever, just get all those people together and go serve the poor. And then, uh, bam. yeah, then you don't have to talk to them. They'll be talking to someone else. Yeah, they'll be talking to some homeless person and you'll be like moonwalking out of there. Yeah, in your car and but it'll be great because you'll all be serving together yep. instead of consuming and, you know, passing out from too much turkey. <laughs> so, all righty. This has been the return of Every Knee Shall Bow. Every <laughs> Knee Shall Bow. I went into my other podcast. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's when you know you have too many podcasts. <laughs> you take that back. You take that no, back. No, I will not. This has been a return to Beyond the Bulletin. Thank you for joining us for our unscripted Thanksgiving special. Go make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.